Hi, Rebels. This Financial Literacy Month, Rebel Girls teamed up with Greenlight, the debit card and money app for families, to bring you everything you need to be smart with your money and to build healthy habits that last a lifetime. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to make smart choices with every penny, whether you're saving for something special or learning to invest. Greenlight gives kids the power to be independent and grown-ups can trust that their kids have money wherever they are. Sign up at greenlight.com slash rebelgirls to get your first month at no cost and start building money confidence for life. Once upon a time, there was a girl who lived to a beat and a rhythm that was all her own. Her name was Hazel. Hazel was born in 1920 on a Caribbean island called Trinidad. On the streets of her town, music was everywhere. Hymns streamed out of cathedrals and her neighbors danced to calypsos. Music filled Hazel's home too. Her mother was a piano teacher and her grandmother would sing and sing. One day, when Hazel's grandmother Margaret napped, a young Hazel tottered over to the family piano. She climbed up onto the bench, placed her hands on the keys, and started to play the exact same hymn her grandmother had been singing before she fell asleep. Hazel had never played piano before. She watched her mother's students and had screamed when they hit the wrong notes, but no one knew that the music was building up inside her. No one knew that her fingers had been itching to play. But that day, the music took over. And now that Hazel had started making her own music, she never wanted to stop. I'm Andrea Day, and this is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls, a fairy tale podcast about the rebel women who inspire us. This week, Hazel Scott. On her fourth birthday, hand in hand with her mother Alma, Hazel boarded a ship bound for the United States. Her tummy was filled with butterflies as she wondered what awaited them in their new country. Hazel and her mother made their home in a part of New York City called Harlem. Harlem was full of people from different places who spoke many different languages. Hazel loved listening to the music made from their words and accents mingling in the air. Still, adjusting to her new life was difficult. Many people lived in their house, and Hazel's mother struggled to make ends meet. She worked as a maid and then tried running a tailoring shop. She even opened a Chinese restaurant. But through all of this, Playing piano was Hazel's anchor. She played for hours every day and learned to read music and play beautiful classical music too. As Hazel got better and better, her mother saw how gifted she was. Soon, she realized Hazel would need a new teacher. In 1928, 
eight-year-old Hazel sat in front of a large piano on a stage. She took a deep breath in and began to play. In the audience, her mother sat with a professor at the Juilliard School, a famous music school in New York. Juilliard only accepted students who were 16 or older. But Alma had convinced them to let Hazel audition. Hazel had chosen a difficult song by the famous composer Rachmaninoff. She knew it by heart, and even though her little hands were too small to play it the way it was written, she wowed her audience. Hazel was admitted to Juilliard, but she was only eight, too young to take regular classes. A professor offered to give her private lessons. Hazel was likely the youngest student and one of the only black students to study at Juilliard at that time. While Hazel studied classical music at Juilliard, her mother brought jazz into their lives. Alma had returned to music in a big way after a few failed business attempts. She rented a tenor saxophone and eventually landed a spot in a jazz band. Now, Hazel was surrounded by the swing and sway of jazz. And when Alma decided to make her own all-women band, Hazel asked if she could join. Her mother hesitated. Hazel was only 14. And Alma really wanted Hazel to become a classical pianist. But as usual, Hazel was undeterred. If you don't let me play in the orchestra, I'll become a juvenile delinquent, she threatened. With an argument like that, what else could her mother say but yes? And so, Hazel began to perform in clubs around New York with her mother. And it so happened that one cold winter's night in 1939, a room full of New York's poets, artists, musicians, and music lovers gathered in a cozy nightclub called Cafe Society. Cafe Society wasn't just any club. It was one of the few in the city and the country that wasn't segregated. Everyone was treated as equals, no matter their race. That night, the blues singer Ida Cox was supposed to perform, but she'd come down sick. So the owner hired Hazel to fill in for her. At only 19 years old, Hazel walked onto the Cafe Society stage wearing a satin strapless gown and fresh gardenias in her hair. She glided to the piano and placed her hands on the black and white keys. The crowd waited. They had come expecting to hear a blues singer. But Hazel played the classics. Then, midway through a song, she started speeding up and the song became something else entirely. People smiled. Then their toes started tapping. Finally, they cheered. Hazel was a hit. 
Hey, grown-ups. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Listen, I used to be miserable with allergies from about the beginning of April till the end of August. Sometimes my best friend was a cold washcloth over my face. I couldn't taste my food because my nose was so stuffed up. I couldn't go for a run because my eyes were so itchy. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for years, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can go for hikes, cut the grass, and most importantly, stop and smell the flowers. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. I have to tell you about my friend Penelope. She is hilarious. She only eats cheese doodles and canned beans, and she loves to sing and fly through walls. Wait, did I tell you that Penelope is my imaginary friend? Well, she is, but she's totally real to me. Anywho, Penelope and I are very excited because there's a new movie coming out on May 17 all about imaginary friends. It's called IF, which stands for Imaginary Friends. Pretty cool, am I right? IF is so much fun with lovable fuzzy giants and bright new galaxies. It stars Kaylee Fleming as B, a girl who discovers that she can see everyone else's ifs. Meanwhile, Cal, played by Ryan Reynolds, can also see ifs. Together, they team up and go on a magical adventure to reconnect forgotten ifs with their kids. If is from the brilliant mind of writer-director John Krasinski. It also stars John Krasinski, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Maya Rudolph, Jon Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Emily Blunt, Aquafina, and Steve Carell, just to name a few. It celebrates the incredible power of curiosity and creativity, and it's definitely a laugh-out-loud adventure for the whole family. IF comes out in theaters starting May 17th and is guaranteed to knock your socks off. What? Oh, Penelope says she wears two pairs of socks at all times. Also, that imaginary friends get limitless refills on popcorn. So join us in the theater on May 17. Bring your imaginary friends, too. Within just a few years... Hazel was one of the most popular artists in the city. She played to sold-out crowds at Carnegie Hall, on Broadway, and in venues all around New York. Her friends were other famous musicians and celebrities, too. She bought herself everything she'd ever wanted and drove around the city with a private chauffeur. 
Hazel was also determined to stand up for herself and her beliefs. She spoke out about racial injustices and refused to play for segregated audiences. This meant there were a lot of places she couldn't perform in, but she always stood by her principles. Then, in 1942, Hollywood came calling. At that time, there weren't a lot of movie roles for Black women. Hazel had seen her fair share of talented actors and musicians of color who were put into demeaning roles and costumes. So she told her agent that if Hollywood wanted her, she had some rules. First, she wouldn't play a maid. Her skin color would not be altered. She'd wear her own clothes and jewels. And she'd always appear as herself. And she was a powerhouse performer. In one mesmerizing performance, she played on two grand pianos at once. Hazel smiled at the camera as she swiveled from one piano to the other before finally playing both at the same time. But Hazel's commitment to her principles would also get her into trouble. On the set of one film, Hazel shut down production for three days by insisting that the Black performers be treated more respectfully. This cost the executive producer lots of money. Enraged, he told her, you'll never make another picture as long as I live. And he was right. Hazel returned to New York and left the movie business behind for good. Though she could no longer do films, Hazel still performed. During a show at Cafe Society, she caught one particular audience member's eye, Adam Clayton Powell Jr. Adam was a well-known minister from Harlem who was outspoken about racial justice. He was full of charm and fire, and they eventually married in 1945, just a few months after Adam was sworn in as the first Black United States congressman from the East Coast. Adam loved Hazel, but he was intimidated by her too. He worried about what his congregation thought of her. He knew many people thought nightclubs weren't respectable. So he asked her to leave cafe society and give up performing at clubs and lounges. Reluctantly, Hazel agreed and focused on performing in concert halls and playing to sold out crowds across the country. Being on the road was hard though. And by this time, Hazel's beloved mother had passed and she had a young child. Hazel knew her mother would want her to keep on playing. And so she did. In 1950, Hazel was given the opportunity to bring her incredible ability to perform to a television audience. She became the first black person to have her own self-titled TV show. Three nights a week, she played classical music and jazz for an eager TV audience. But her TV career, like her film career, would be short-lived. In the 1950s, a scary thing was happening. Calling the house, 
Many creative people and activists were accused of being anti-American. A group of lawmakers were saying these people were possible communist sympathizers. And even though it wasn't illegal to be a communist, the accusations ruined many people's lives and careers. Hazel's name had shown up on one of those lists. She was outraged by the accusation, and even more outraged that people who fought for equal rights were often the target of the committee's investigations. She actually asked to talk to the committee, something most people tried to avoid, and even submitted a 50-page statement and answered all of their questions. Hazel knew she had done the right thing by speaking up. But within a week, her television show was canceled. Her concert bookings dried up, and soon she was struggling to keep her career afloat. Hazel took jobs overseas and eventually moved to France. She and Adam spent less time together, so they decided it was best to end their marriage. Hazel brought her son to Paris with her, but it was difficult raising him on her own. She missed her mother. She missed the life she once had. But while she was very sad, she eventually went back to performing at nightclubs. But the scene had changed. People wanted different kinds of music now. They wanted rock and roll. Hazel couldn't make ends meet. After a decade away, she moved home to New York City. Despite all the difficulties, Hazel never stopped playing. At clubs and concerts, she played what she loved, jazz and love songs. She recorded albums that critics said were the best she'd ever made. She played to small audiences where she didn't make a lot of money, but she made great music. Sometimes she would think about those long lost days at Cafe Society smiling at the audience as she swung a song by Bach, she remembered the possibility and the promise that the piano had opened up to her. Her heart may have ached as she remembered all she'd lost. Loved ones, her biggest gigs, fame. But her son beside her helped her to realize she had gained so much. In 1981, Hazel passed away. At her funeral, her friend, the trumpeter Dizzy Gillespie, played one of her favorite songs. As the tune filled the room, so did Hazel's legacy. Throughout her struggles, she'd kept playing and she'd kept speaking out. And she never let anything get in the way of her beats and her rhythms. Today's episode was hosted by Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, and actress, Andrew Day. This podcast is based on the book series Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls and is a production of Rebel Girls and Boom Integrated, a division of John Marshall Media. 
Our executive producers are Jess Wolf and Katie Springer. This season was produced by John Marshall Cherry, Sarah Storm, and Robin Lai. Corinne Peterson is our production manager. This episode was written by Alexis Stratton and edited by Katie Springer. Proofread by Ariana Roses. Original theme music and sound design by Electra Barjaki. And final mix by Mattia Marcelli. Until next time, stay tuned and stay rebel. Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right. You can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. You probably think you know fairy tales. Cinderella, Little Red Riding Hood. You probably think that they're cute and boring. But the real stories aren't cute and boring at all. The grim fairy tales were weird and sometimes gross and often scary. And in the podcast Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, you can listen along with a group of other kids as I tell them those tales. The episodes are sometimes grim, sometimes grimmer, and sometimes grimmest. But no matter how creepy it gets, we'll always have a great time guessing what'll happen next, cracking jokes, and discussing what these tales mean to us. You can listen to Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest now, wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow the show so you don't miss new episodes.